The next time you're on Interstate 80, stop in and see the folks at the Iowa 80 Truck Stop at Exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. They're always open and ready to serve you. Enjoy a sit-down meal at the Iowa 80 Kitchen or grab a bite from one of their nine quick-serve restaurants. You'll love their clean restrooms, huge gift store, beautiful convenience store, and, of course, the Super Truck Showroom stocked with plenty of chrome, lights, and more. While you're there, don't forget to visit the Iowa 80 Trucking Museum next door. It's free. The entire team at the Iowa 80 is very excited to celebrate 60 years with you. They look forward to being your home away from home for another 60 years. Sending you a giant thank you from Iowa 80, the world's largest truck stop on I-80, exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. Iowa 80. It's Red Eye Radio, with talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or just starting your day, welcome to the show. For Gary McNamara and Eric Harley, Dan Mandis, this is Red Eye Radio. Okay, on the Dan Mandis Show Facebook page, I'm also on Twitter and Instagram, all three at Dan Mandis Show. Andrew Tate and um, the arrest of Andrew Tate. We've got a lot of people that are talking about this. And I'm going to be honest with you, and I said this in the first part of the program. I didn't know who Andrew Tate was until uh, about an hour or so before I was to go on the air uh, this evening. And he is an influencer. The reason why I'm going to share this story with you is for a number of different reasons. And I've got an update on the the perspective of some of you folks out there because you are really smart. Andrew Tate is what they call an influencer. And you all know what an influencer is. It's somebody who has a podcast. He has a website. It's a video cast, whatever it might be, a webcast. And they say things and they supposedly influence people. Well, Andrew Tate is a guy who I will tell you right now, uh, some in the media are trying to connect him to the MAGA movement. Now, he is what they say the ultimate in toxic masculinity. He himself describes himself as a misogynist. He has a web show that has millions of people that watch this thing every single day. He's made millions. And so that's one of the reasons why the arrest of Andrew Tate is so incredibly compelling to some folks. You either love Andrew Tate or you hate him. He's, by the way, is a four-time kickboxing champion. And then he parlayed that into this webcast. Now, prosecutors say that Andrew Tate and his brother are suspects in an alleged organized crime ring that sexually exploited at least six women who were recruited, housed, and forced into performing pornographic videos for sale online. Now, he makes millions, again, doing stuff like this. He is very famous for basically being a misogynist. There's a large contingent of men out there who don't want to wear makeup, who don't want to be girls, who don't want to be told they're toxic because they want to go to the gym, who want to drive nice cars, who want to have money, who want to have hot chicks. 
And there's nothing wrong with us. We are not evil. We are not bad. We're not misogynistic. We're not out to hurt anybody. Let me tell you one more thing. When bad things happen, they call men like us. The feminists who hate us and call us toxic, the second they have trouble, they'll call a police officer. Do you think they want a feminist male to turn up or a man like me and you? They need us and they use us. But the second we have an opinion, the second I decide to voice and talk about the things that we talk about, explain our point of view, they want to cancel us. They don't want us to speak. They just want us to defend them, build the railroads, build the roads, be the workhorses, be the slaves. And they think we're not allowed a point of view. Well, they made a fucking mistake. Yeah, so that's Andrew Tate. And um, now, first of all, in that particular soundbite, and that's the one that's making its way ricocheting around the Internet, there's actually nothing wrong with what he just said. And there's a lot of that that is actually true, but that is just a drop in the bucket as far as what Andrew Tate has to say. But here's how they're going to tie him to the MAGA movement, because remember... They say that he is the ultimate in toxic masculinity. Uh, He does describe himself. He doesn't do himself any favors, by the way. He does describe himself, as I mentioned before, as a misogynist. But he is also anti-vaccine mandate. He has also said that he really likes Donald Trump because of his politics, Uh, not because of his politics, but because Donald Trump is a guy who says what he means and means what he says, and he isn't afraid to stand up to the woke culture. So Tate has some commonalities with many Americans, particularly conservatives, but what I would say is that's where it stops. Now, he himself has said that his home in Eastern Europe, he's in Romania, That's where he has been, I guess, for the last several years. It was also raided back on April 11th this year as part of a human trafficking investigation. Now, he himself has said that one of the reasons why he moved to Romania was because the police were less likely to pursue any sexual assault allegations against him. But that's what I want you to watch for. I want you to watch for if they try to tie him to the MAGA movement. Also, he talks about women and women on OnlyFans. And if you don't know what OnlyFans is, basically OnlyFans is a website where people, mostly, I believe, I've never been on it, but mostly women who can have their own channel or their own site and interact and engage with their male admirers, and they can make the money directly. And he talked about OnlyFans, and he talked about how he would be okay if his girlfriend was on OnlyFans because he owns his girlfriend's body, and therefore he should get the money. I'm a capitalist, and I believe if there's a product that people will buy, then someone should sell it. I have no problems intrinsically with females doing OnlyFans. Like, if, if men are stupid enough to buy this, then women should certainly sell it and make a bunch of money. More power to them. I'm a, I'm a feminist. I believe in empowering women. Make as much money as you can. Yeah, sure. Be, be, do OnlyFans. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even mind my girl doing OnlyFans as long as I kept all the money. I wouldn't give a shit. If I had a girl who said I want to do OnlyFans, I'd be like, cool, go for it. Let me know how much money we make. You're keeping all of it, though? Yes, she's mine. 100%. You're wow. keeping all profits. I mean, I might let her buy us some shoes or something, but all in all, I mean, it goes into my bank and I might gift her something depending if she's been good that month. But You know, I mean, I hear this and my first thought was this has got to be satire. 
This has got to be like when Stephen Colbert had that show. He was pretending to be a Republican because no sane man, no sane individual says this and actually means it. Right. She's my she's my property. So she's selling my property. Like if we're going to rent out my house, then I get the money. Right. You're my chick. You're my property. You're going to sell pictures of my property. Cool. Where's my money? How much money did we make? My money. Give me my money. Maybe she should get maybe 50 50. What? What? Why? What's wrong with you? I mean, it just it goes on and on. But you get the point. And the the incredible thing is that Andrew Tate makes millions off of doing this. Now, as far as these accusations go, what they say is that Andrew and his brother, Tristan, by the way, are both dual citizens of the U.S. and the U.K., They were born to an American father in Chicago, British mother. They grew up partially in both countries. Police say the two British suspects lured female victims using the lover boy method, which is apparently falsely professing their love and intention to marry them. The victims were then transported to buildings, and that is where they were sexually exploited and forced to perform in pornographic videos for dissemination on social media. Cops say the suspects used physical violence and mental coercion to force the women to comply with their demands, including intimidation, constant surveillance, control, and invoking alleged deaths. And apparently part of what they did was they set up a webcam business in Romania in which young models told sob stories to unsuspecting male viewers, and of course the male viewers, being the um, sad sacks that they are, would actually send them money. Despite previously saying that the site was a total scam, Tate claims to have made millions from it. And so, it is to me, who I'd never heard of this guy before today, but when he is called, and he clearly is, a social media influencer... That's what's really sad. We're talking about this earlier. That's really sad because this is this kind of diatribe, this kind of stuff is, in my opinion, what is replacing fathers in this country, what is replacing people who are actually good and respectable in this country. I mean, listen to this. I'm such a nice guy. I know you look at me and you think four time kickboxing world champion. Strong, smart, tall, could definitely steal my girl, has every worldly good a man could possibly desire, unlimited females to birth his sons. Surely he's arrogant. No, not me. I'm as humble as they come. So I decided to make a nice Christmas message for you all. The message for next year is to never give up. I think so many of you out there, you're existing in your peasant life. You wake up when the alarm goes off. (laughs) You go to your job. (laughs) <laughs> mocking people who work. Sorry. <laughs> My boss. <laughs> Dude's a putz. Okay, you, <laughs> you go to your job. <sighs> Crazy. You get paid your wages. Again, mocking like, people. How did Tate get all that money? That guy has a hundred million dollars. Stunning. And here I am, slaving away. And maybe at the end of the month, I might get five or six thousand. I can pay my 401k. I know it's easy to look at me and realize that I'm a better specimen of man. In fact, not only am I a better specimen of man, 
I am actually fulfilled with divine purpose. I'm one of God's favorites. Just because you're gonna die and nobody's gonna give a doesn't mean you shouldn't try your very best when you're here on Earth. I mean, it's Christmas Day today. You're about to have Christmas dinner with a bunch of other insignificant losers. Think about it. So there you go. And people follow that. And you know, one of the questions that I would ask, and I don't know if anybody, I can't imagine red-eye listeners would actually pay attention to this Andrew Tate. I do wonder if anybody out there actually watches these kind of diatribes. Oh, and by the way, how can you not be a loser, according to Andrew Tate? By joining his Hustlers Club and paying $49 to learn how to not be a loser. Now, it seems to me his club literally apparently is called Hustler Club. To me, that's a double entendre, right? Because it's clearly a, a motivation for him to make money. He's hustling people. That's what this is. He's like the ultimate alpha male. And again, people are talking about how this is toxic masculinity. I just call this guy like a meathead. Like to me, that's what that's what he is. He's like a meathead. I, I, I can't say what I really think about him on the radio, but just know that it's not real positive. But what's also not really positive is his influence across the world, literally. And I think that does say a lot about the state of our nation. If people across the world, and specifically in America, are looking for Andrew Tate to know how to behave and to aspire to be, well, then I got to tell you something that is really, really sad. You cannot stop. You cannot give up. You're in the most fantastic place on the planet for making money, Hustlers University. And the only person who can ruin that is you. There are people who are going to join this program and they are going to quit. Cancel the subscription to save $49 and go back to being a peon and a wagey, a wage slave brokey. Yeah, I, you know what? I, again, I just I feel like this is satire. And I keep looking around the Internet to figure out if this is actually satire. I don't see that it is. But see, we were talking about this earlier. If when I was a kid and I'd be willing to bet that when you were a kid, I want you to think way back when people would always say, so what do you want to be when you grow up? And used to be you wanted to be a police officer. You wanted to be a doctor. You wanted to be in the military. You wanted to be a fireman. These days, these kids say that they want to be an influencer like that. And you know what I see as an influencer? An influencer is like somebody who makes a lot of money for literally doing nothing. Now, more power to them. I mean, they've obviously got scoreboard. Guy sent me a note on Twitter, a private message. And it was actually, he brings up a great point, which is Andrew Tate is an influencer. You're spending time talking about him. That's how he's an influencer. And I I do recognize that. It's kind of a touche moment, I suppose. But you know what? I think that a guy like Andrew Tate, as they say that he is the epitome of toxic masculinity, there's nothing masculine about him at all. To me, when you say the things that he says and you you say the kind of abhorrent things that you say about women, for example, and how your brand of masculinity is the best brand of masculinity. You know, to me, masculinity is, as I said earlier, masculinity is 
treating your wife with respect and dignity, building a life together, raising your children together, and showing your children what it's like to be in a loving and respectful relationship and providing for your children. Those are the things that I believe masculinity should be all about. Now, this whole notion of toxic masculinity, the problem that we have in America today is for a lot of folks out there, they like to say that any semblance of masculinity is toxic, which is obviously not the case. Now, it is clear that a lot of people love this guy, but a lot of people also hate him. I, I can't stand what he says myself, but you know what? I'm all about free speech, and for me, that is the bottom line. If he did this, by the way, if he really did partake in human trafficking and all all that, well, then he needs to be he needs to face uh, the charges and he needs to be held accountable if he indeed did that. But watch for the media. I've already caught two websites trying to tie this guy to the MAGA movement. There is nothing about Andrew Tate that is MAGA in any way, shape or form. As a matter of fact, as you folks know, part of the MAGA movement is all about family and uh, raising your children correctly in the greatest nation in the world. That's what MAGA is all about. It has nothing to do what this guy represents. The phone number is 866-90-RED-EYE, 866-907-3339. Electrical systems are one of the most common causes of winter breakdowns. So when your batteries talk, it's important you listen. Keep an eye out for the warning signs that may indicate your electrical system needs attention to help avoid getting stuck out in the cold this winter. The most obvious sign that a battery-related issue is present is if your truck has trouble cranking at the proper speed. If you experience any sluggishness when starting your engine, get a full electrical system check from a trusted service provider. This report brought to you by Lubrifiner, engineering filters that are built to do more for heavy-duty fleets since 1996. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll-free at 866-90-RED-EYE. Red Eye Radio, 86690 Red Eye, 86690 By the way, coming up after the bottom of the hour, have you heard what's going on with Steven Tyler from Aerosmith? Well, uh, we'll talk about it. Some very serious allegations against the Aerosmith frontman. We're going to talk about that straight ahead on Red Eye Radio. Interesting, by the way, this uh, arrest of Andrew Tate and how you, you have the media that are just hyperventilating over this story because, again, some are trying to, you know, paint him into this MAGA corner. And he is being accused of, you know, human trafficking, and that's part of the charges against him. What is interesting, though, is when Project Veritas, somebody pointed this out on Twitter, when Project Veritas had a story about um, a whistleblower that came out and actually said that the Department of Homeland Security was actually allowing kids into our country, then flying them to people in this country who were exploiting and abusing these kids. Nobody 
covered that story. A government whistleblower has stepped forward to Project Veritas to detail her harrowing experience at the Department of Health and Human Services. In 2021, this whistleblower volunteered to assist HHS with the placement of unaccompanied minors and was deployed to the Migrant Emergency Intake Site in Pomona, California. There, she witnessed the agency failing these children, as she puts it, doing the work of the cartels on your tax dollars. These vulnerable children... We care for them, we clothe them, we feed them. With your dollars and my dollars, we fly that product directly to the trafficker. God Mm. forbid it's sex trafficking. Sponsor can hold up that order of deportation to that child and say, if you do not do what I say, I'm going to call ICE on you. Yeah, it's a horrible, horrible story. Nobody in the media covered that story. No one. Everybody talking about Andrew Tate. What does that tell you about the media? are open 1-866-907-3339 866-90-RED-EYE now for Gary McNamara and Eric Harley here is Dan Mandis Red Eye Radio 866-90-RED-EYE 866-907-3339 Dan Mandis here in for Gary and Eric so crazy story about Aerosmith frontman Steven Tyler. Listen to this. This is the headline of the Daily Mail. It's all over the place this morning. Headline, Steven Tyler is accused of sexually assaulting a 16-year-old girl in the 70s. Victim's lawsuit claims she is the teenage bride in the singer's memoir after he convicted her mom, convinced her mom, to grant him guardianship. So as the story goes, and this is a crazy story, because on the surface, it's like, oh, here we go. Here's another girl, another woman, you know, claiming to be sexually assaulted 50 years after the fact. But this is different because apparently what he did was he actually convinced Steven Tyler actually convinced the girl's mother who she was 16 at the time, to give him guardianship. And then he took her on the uh, road with her, allegedly, allegedly. And they went off on the road. Eventually, he got her pregnant and then convinced her to have an abortion. And now here we are 50 years later, and and yes, she is now apparently suing him. Her name is Julia Holcomb. She filed the lawsuit in Los Angeles under California's look-back law. And apparently what that is, is you can, as the name implies, you can look back, you can go back and, and sue someone from the past for transgressions of the past. And so she accuses Tyler of sexually assaulting her when she was 16. He, by the way, just so you know, was 25. So 16, 25, that's nine years. So now the question is, where does this lawsuit go? And how in the world did Steven Tyler convince a mother to give up 
custody of the kid, grant him guardianship so that he can take her on the road and obviously do the things that rock stars would do with kids, teenagers, fans. The suit was first reported by Rolling Stone. Does not specifically name Tyler, identifying him as Defendant Doe, but it quotes directly from Tyler's 2011 memoir describing the relationship. So he had actually talked about this in his book. Holcomb has previously spoken publicly about her alleged relationship with the rock star, saying in the lawsuit, the accusation is the music legend accusing him of sexual assault, sexual battery, and intentional infliction of emotional distress, alleging that he plied her with drugs after gaining guardianship and um, pressured her into that abortion. It is interesting, though. I'm I'm wondering, and I'm not denying her story. I mean, it sounds like he admitted to it in the memoir, at least somewhat. But why now? 50 years ago. Why now, uh, heading into 2023, is she bringing this? I mean, he's seemingly never really denied it. And she has spoken out about this before. The article in the Daily Mail continues, uh, continues, though it did not name Holcomb, Tyler's memoir fondly described his roughly three year sexual relationship with a teen girl in the 1970s. Now, the memoir came out, I guess it was a while ago, because I can't imagine anybody in their right mind these days would mention such a relationship. Because if you admitted this kind of a relationship now, I mean, obviously, you know what the reaction would be. But back when his memoir, I'm assuming back when his memoir was published, more than likely this was probably frowned upon. However, it was a long time ago, so on and so forth. But these days, heading into 2023, there is no forgiveness. And I'm not saying there should be. Tyler wrote in the book that he almost took a teenage bride and that her parents fell in love with me, he says, signed a paper over for me to have custody so that I wouldn't get arrested if I took her out of state. She was 16. She... All right, so there's some adult stuff here, friends. She was 16. She knew how to nasty, he says, And um, I'll leave it there. He said that the girl's name was Diana. But he says, with my bad self being 26 and she was barely old enough to drive and sexy as hell, he says, I just fell madly in love with her. She was a cute, skinny little tomboy dressed up as little Bo Peep. She was my heart's desire, my partner in crimes of passion. So it's clear that You know, for Steven Tyler, this may have been more than a crush. I mean, it sounds like he truly loved her. Not that 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 excuses the behavior, but it wasn't just one of these drunken one night stands. They actually shared an apartment together. Holcomb's lawsuit alleges that she met him in 1973, shortly after her 16th birthday, when she attended an Aerosmith concert in Portland, Oregon returned to Tyler's hotel room after the show. 
The suit claims that after discussing Holcomb's age, they did things that rock stars would do with their uh, their groupies. But the implication of that statement is that Tyler absolutely knew how old she was. She was 16 years old. Now, we've had these conversations before where you have these rock stars who did these kinds of things way back when. And they knew that these girls were underage, but it was just, I hate to say this, but it was a different time. So then the question is, okay, so she was 16. He knew that she was 16. He went to the parents. And the parents made the decision to basically sign their daughter over to Steven Tyler, a rock star who was notorious. So now she's coming back with a lawsuit, even though at the age of 16, I mean, look, people who commit crimes at 16, they can be charged as adults. You can certainly say that was an adult relationship, and I'm not sticking up for Tyler. Trust me. I just I find this whole thing rather fascinating, and I do wonder what's going to happen. You know, is this a money grab? Should Steven Tyler be... What's the right way to put this? Should Steven Tyler be held accountable for what he did 50 years ago? I mean, by the way, the answer to that question is yes. However, when you throw into the fact that this was a consensual relationship and they were nine years apart, I don't know what the law states. And by the way, the laws have changed over the years. According to the lawsuit, the relationship progressed And Holcomb was powerless to resist Tyler's power, fame, and substantial financial ability. In 1974, Tyler convinced Holcomb's mother to grant him guardianship over her so they could travel across state lines, the suit alleges, echoing Tyler's memoir. Though Tyler had promised to take care of the teen and pay for her education and health care, He instead continued to travel with, assault, and provide alcohol and drugs to the plaintiff. I mean, let's just call this what it is. So at some point, Tyler said to her, I will take care of you. I'll pay for your college. I'll pay for whatever it is. Just come on the road with me. And they partied on the road. They had all kinds of relations. They were engaged in a relationship. Apparently, at some point, Holcomb became pregnant with Tyler's son when she was 17, but that he pressured her into an abortion after an apartment fire, claiming the baby might have been injured by smoke inhalation. Tyler mentions the fire in his memoir, but not the abortion. However, an Aerosmith autobiography in 1997 references a relationship with a teenage girl, the apartment fire, and an abortion. Tyler converted to Catholicism following her alleged relationship with Tyler and became an anti-abortion activist who has repeatedly spoken out about her experience. In 2011, after Tyler published his memoir, she wrote an essay for anti-abortion websites and uh, claiming Tyler snorted cocaine at her bedside during her abortion. 
So I'm trying to figure out I, I'm reading through all of this because I, I, I just saw this. And I'm trying to figure out. So what is it that she wants? The lawsuit was filed under the California's Child Victims Act, which created a three year window for filing civil suit over child sexual abuse claims. The window expires on December 31st. So that's what's going on. So in California, and I didn't know this, in California, they created this window where it was like, okay, victims, if something happened to you years ago, now is your time. And she filed this lawsuit with just days to spare. So now I I guess the question is, what is it that she wants from Steven Tyler? Does she want money? Does she want him to be charged? I don't know what the statute of limitations is on this whole thing. So it's probably some sort of a a, a money grab. And by the way, in case you don't know, Steven Tyler is uh, he's been in rehab lately. He was clean for a lot of years, but he's been in and out of rehab, in and out of drug abuse, etc. So he's had a lot of problems. Uh, he has over the years and right now, as in like literally right now, uh, Aerosmith had to cancel a bunch of shows, I believe in Las Vegas, because he was back in therapy. Clearly, this isn't going to help the situation any. But interesting story about Steven Tyler. It, it sounds like this is not something that he has ever really. What's the right word? He's never really denied this. We're finding out more details of it. And now the question is asked, okay, so what is it that she is asking for? What is it that she wants? The phone number is 866-90-RED-EYE, 866-907-3339. Lines open for your calls, 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. 866-90-RED-EYE, 866-907-3339. That is where we find Dan in the state of Washington. Dan, how are you? Hey, I'm doing good. But my question is, if the parents signed her over at 16, shouldn't they be complicit in the lawsuit, too? Well, yeah, you would think. I I don't know if her parents are alive. I'm talking about, for folks that are just joining us, the uh, lawsuit involving Steven Tyler from Aerosmith. But yeah, Dan, that was my first question, is, okay, if you're going to go after... Steven Tyler in this lawsuit, what about your parents? Now, I will tell you, Dan, and I will say this honestly, but also, of course, cynically, pretty certain the parents don't have the uh, cash that Steven Tyler has. And again, I don't know exactly what she is looking for, but you know, you, you are right, Dan, and I appreciate the call very much. I, I guess part of the question is that, that we have to ask is, all right, so this was a situation with Steven Tyler, and I just told you everything that's going on with that. This was a situation where she's 16 years old and she makes the decision along with her parents. It's not like she was kidnapped. She went willingly with Steven Tyler, the rock star, and she lived with him and traveled with him for three years. And she could have escaped at any time. He's on stage a couple of hours a night. She could have very easily you know, run away. She could have gone to the police at that time. She could have done whatever she needed to do to get home, but she didn't do it. So to me, I don't approve or appreciate what Steven Tyler did. I, I get that it's, uh, you know, it was the 70s and, you know, anything was going on in the 70s. Anything you wanted to do, you could do, I guess, if you're a rock star. 
But at the same time, is it right to go after him 50 years after the fact? It is, uh, well, to be honest with you, I find this whole thing fascinating. Now, coming up next, also fascinating as we uh, head into 2023 and say goodbye to 2022. I've got a couple of stories for you. Number one, headline, Donald Trump appears to threaten a third party run to split the Republican Party in half. That is number one. And number two, have you heard what the 93-year-old Home Depot co-founder has said about kids today? It's all straight ahead on Red Eye Radio. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio with talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or just starting your day, welcome to the show. For Gary McNamara and Eric Harley, Dan Mandis. This is Red Eye Radio. Appreciate you being here. The phone number 866-90-RED-EYE, 866-907-3339. Is the Republican Party about to be split? And is that split going to come the hands of Donald Trump? This is uh, interesting. Now, we all know and we've all had the debate about Donald Trump versus Ron DeSantis is... Uh, Donald Trump still the leader of the Republican Party, blah, 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 blah. That's going to be a conversation that is not going to go away. But this is from Mediate. The headline is Donald Trump appears to threaten a third party run to split the Republican Party in half. Now, we all know the polls that are out there. We all know that there have been several different polls that have shown that the former president is not doing as well as he once was. And my own personal belief is because of some of the things that Donald Trump has done, which, frankly, in my opinion, have not been very smart. Bottom line, though, is, is he still the Republican Party leader or is it Ron DeSantis? If you look at the polling, it clearly shows, at least according to some polls, and no, I don't believe the polls, at all when it comes to various political things, because we've seen the polls, we've seen the polls have been wrong many times before. But when it comes to Donald Trump, he loses to Ron DeSantis in a couple of the more recent polls. Trump, he still does wield a lot of power. I don't believe, and I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I do agree with Mitch McConnell. I believe that Donald Trump's pull on the Republican Party has diminished somewhat. But here's what they say the former president did. Former President Donald Trump appeared to wink and nod at a third party run in 2024 by sharing on his Truth Social an article arguing for the GOP to split in half. That's what it says. Trump shared the article titled The Coming Split without comment on Wednesday night, but many pundits and observers were Quick to take notice as the former president remains the leader, they say, of the Republican Party. I just I don't know if that's true. I'm going to have a hard time getting over that part of the getting over that part of the story. But whatever, we'll move on from there. 
The article published in the quote-unquote right-wing pro-Trump website American Greatness argues, what should we do when a majority of Republicans want Donald Trump, but the Republican Party says we can't have him? Well, I don't know if the Republican Party is said that we can't have Donald Trump. I think there's a lot of Republicans who have been pro-Donald Trump who are now not necessarily anti-Donald Trump, but would all agree that he has made some blunders since he announced that he's running for president yet again. Now, the whole NFT thing was a complete and utter train wreck. But see, this is what a primary election is all about. For me, this can all be very easily decided with the primary election, whether it is, you know, Donald Trump running against Ron DeSantis or Glenn Youngkin or, God help us, Mitt Romney or... Mike Pence, whoever it may be, and may the best man win. That's what this is supposed to be about. This is what politics is supposed to be about. Now, would it surprise me that Trump would have a go at a third party run? No, it wouldn't surprise me at all, because I do understand how pissed off he is. You know, he feels like the Republican Party has betrayed him. I saw an article a few, uh, I think it was earlier today, a few hours ago, where Donald Trump insiders have now thrown Sean Hannity to the wayside because they feel like, for whatever reason, Sean Hannity has been, quote-unquote, disloyal. Because remember, for Donald Trump, you have to be loyal to him, but that doesn't necessarily go both ways. But that's going to be one of the big questions. And that is, one, who is the leader of the Republican Party? Is it Donald Trump? Is it Ron DeSantis? And right now, or sure as hell isn't Mitch McConnell. But right now, I think that question is very much up in the air. That's number one. But number two is that there is no denying what rules, not who, but what rules the Republican Party right now. And that is what Donald Trump brought to the table, which is MAGA values. You know, to me, it's all about as I've mentioned before, it's all about mega values and has really nothing to do with the person. It's got to be the right messenger. The person that we trust will be able to move those values forward, winning the election uh, for the White House and then being able to implement the mega values from the Oval Office. That's what we need. And whether it's Donald Trump, whether it's Ron DeSantis, whether it's Glenn Youngkin, the governor of Virginia, I don't know. I don't know who it is. You know why I don't know? Because we're two years out. Every Republican I know, and I know many Republicans, as you can imagine, have said that they want Ron DeSantis to run. A lot of people also say that Trump is still their guy. But the person who shared this article and who wrote this article, a person by the name of Dan Gallertner, They say leans in heavily on the debunked allegations. They say that the 2020 presidential election was stolen and hypes conspiratorial language, they say, alleging that a deep state stole the presidency from Donald Trump, who they say the author seems to believe is universally adored. Well, I think we know that Donald Trump is not universally adored. But I think we can also agree that there are a lot of questions regarding the 2020 presidential election. So let's not kid ourselves. There were and are remain a lot of questions. You got to put all of that aside for the sake, though, of this conversation. 
where they say the Republican machine has no intention of letting us choose Donald Trump again. I don't even know what that means. I mean, the Republican machine uh, has been, number one, raising a hell of a lot of money off of Donald Trump. But I don't see anyone within the Republican Party telling Donald Trump that he cannot run as a Republican. Nobody has told him. Nobody has said that to Donald Trump or the people that support the former president. So I don't know where the this particular person gets this. Now, is there an anti-Donald Trump element within the Republican Party? Absolutely. Is there an anti-Joe Biden element within the Democrat Party? Absolutely. Is there an anti-Barack Obama element within the Democrat Party? Absolutely. Is there a Ron DeSantis, anti-Ron DeSantis element within the Republican Party? Of course. And I will say it one more time. To Dan Gellertner or anybody else, that is what the primary elections are for. Now, if Trump wants to go scorched earth and and destroy the Republican Party by splitting the Republican Party, then that's what Donald Trump's going to do. And quite frankly, it wouldn't surprise me if he did, because from Donald Trump's perspective. And from my perspective, frankly, and probably a lot of you folks as well. He really only got to serve half a term in the sense that for four years, he was his his uh, first four years, his administration was hijacked. There's no other way to say that it was hijacked by the FBI, the Democrats, the media, the Mueller investigation and so forth. They impeached him twice. He was saved in the Senate. But the things that he was impeached on were absolutely ridiculous. So I get the whole thing about Donald Trump and how he was robbed and everything else. I do understand that. But I also know, I believe, that he has handled certain things rather poorly. Now, were they fatal? A lot can happen between now and 2024. That is what 2023 is going to be all about. He wraps up the article, and the article continues to say, this whole thing leads us to the inevitable question. What should we do when a majority of Republicans want Donald Trump, but the Republican Party says we can't have him? Do we knuckle under and vote for Ron DeSantis because he would be vastly better than any Democrat, the author asks before concluding? I say no, we don't knuckle under. He says, I like DeSantis. I'd vote for him after Trump's second term, but not before. So it would appear that this conversation regarding Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis, it's not going to go away anytime soon. And quite frankly, uh, nor should it. The article in Mediate seems to talk about this in the sense that it's very anti-Donald Trump. Now, just so you know, I'm not anti-Donald Trump. I'm not pro-Donald Trump. I'm not anti-Ron DeSantis. I'm not pro-Ron DeSantis. I am, and I've I've described this to my, my listeners in Nashville, I'm a free agent. I want whoever is going to win, and that, my friends, is the bottom line, because I know that that Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis will both put forward MAGA values if they end up in the Oval Office. But again, I will say now for the 19th time, this is all about what happens in the primary election. 
Karen is in Michigan on Red Eye Radio. Karen, thanks for calling in. Go ahead. Thank you very much. Yes, I, I do. I do need to express that um, these circumstances with Steven Tyler, you know, consensual is is not part of this at all. This is a child. These laws are in place to protect children. Um, you know, I just can't fathom, you know, the the wolves that say, well, she was this, she was that, she was adult, she was passionate. It doesn't matter. That's why these laws are in place. It doesn't matter if a young girl, if he says that she spread herself out with no right. clothes on in right. front of him. Yeah. It yeah. doesn't matter. That's why these laws are in place. That way he yeah. can't say nothing. Let me you ask know, you, he hey, has, hey, Karen, you know hey, Karen. If, 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 if I may, and I, I agree with you, Karen, just trust me, I, I agree with you. It, it was a consensual relationship. You are right that the age of consent clearly is something that needs to be addressed. And for folks that are just joining us, I wrapped up the last hour talking about this uh, lawsuit against Steven Tyler from Aerosmith, where a woman that he uh, was with for three years back in the 70s, he was she was 16. He was like 24, 25 years old. Now she has leveled the lawsuit. The age of consent is uh, an interesting one here because in a lot of states, the age of consent is actually 16. I mean, you look at, and I'm not excusing it, but I'm just saying in places like uh, Georgia, Hawaii, uh, Indiana, yeah. Iowa, can't, the age of consent is 16. And just and, to and make the. I understand the, that it's changed. Yeah. I understand right. that it's changed in a lot of states and it's gone up in a lot of states exactly for this reason. And, you know, can you imagine, and, and then she gets pregnant, and then if she has a health, a health risk, or she, she is pregnant because of, she, because of it being forced, and she's not allowed to have an abortion? Right. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. And, well, and, so, what, so, you know, what, so Karen, let me, let me ask you, I mean, uh, you know, do, do you think this woman should be, do you think she should be awarded a bunch of money? Like, do you think she should win this lawsuit? First, first of all, I think that if this is true, Stephen Tyler should go to prison. Not yeah. only give up a lot of this money to this woman um, because she deserves it. If this is true, he should go to prison. And then the drugs, too. The drugs, you say, you know, she was on drugs. Well, I wonder how that happened. He well, he obviously, he, he obviously gave her the drugs. <laughs> I mean, obviously. so That's what it sounds like, doesn't yeah. it? And, it, it? It does. And, and, you know, here's the – Karen, thank you for the call. Here's the other thing, and and this has been percolating. I'm going to tell you, th- this has been percolating for a long time because there are many a rock star. I'm not going to mention them, but there's many a rock star who have been accused of this same kind of thing. And so when the whole Me Too thing was going on, and, and it's still going on, obviously, but not nearly as, um, as rampant as it was, but when the whole hashtag Me Too thing was going on, There were were all kinds of stories out there about Hollywood stars, celebrities, rock stars who did have uh, far younger girlfriends and some, yes, uh, under 18. And the question was, how far back can you go when you start going after these guys? Because we've seen time and again these various stories where they go after guys who – in their career, they've taken advantage of their positions of power and fame and fortune to connect with these younger women. And in some instances, 
they were younger than the age of consent. And so it'll be interesting to see if this is the first of several uh, different cases. We'll have to wait and see what happens. Tim, uh, very quickly, is in Alabama on Red Eye Radio. Hello, Tim. Hey there. Hey. Uh, yeah, it's the first time me calling, and so just bear with me for a minute. But, uh, yeah, that was a good call. Uh, Karen just gave you there, and she had a lot of really good points with it. And and um, me and my fiancé talk about this all the time with Stephen Tyler and um I'm glad you brought this up and more people need to talk about it. But even in like 2010 and 2011, he was on American Idol, like making really inappropriate comments to kids on there too, like right in front of their parents and, and nobody said anything about it. So I, that really doesn't help his case at all. I don't think like, I mean, I mean, it's just disgusting, really. Like, they're kids. Well, yeah, let, let, let's face it, and, and I appreciate the call, Tim. Let, let's face it. Uh, a guy like Tim, um, Steven Tyler, and all these rock stars, and certainly from way back when, they have been given, society does give them a certain amount of latitude, like it or not, uh, like it or not, to act like pigs. That's just what rock stars, by and large, especially way back when, were allowed to do way back when. Now the question is, is it fair to reach back to the, you know, 1970s and bring these guys up on either charges or lawsuits or whatever uh, we may see in the near future? Tim, thanks for the call. We'll return next Red Eye Radio. Damage assessments to crops from last week's Arctic cold front may not be known for some time, according to USDA meteorologist Brad Rippey. One example is the Southern Plains winter wheat crop, an already poorly established crop that received no snow for insulation and could face winter kill issues. That's something that we really won't know the full outcome of really until spring when the crop becomes vegetative again. Most of Louisiana's sugarcane crop had already been harvested pre-Arctic outbreak, while the remaining crop received damage, Rippey says much of that could still be harvested. Concerns also remain about freeze damage to citrus crops in northern Florida and Texas. As for livestock in the nation's midsection, I have not heard of any mass casualty events related to the storm or the cold outbreak. And I think that's really a testament to the effort that went into the protection of animals against this blizzard and the cold wave that followed. I'm Rod Bain reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture in Washington, D.C. The USDA report is brought to you by Cenex Roadmaster XL Premium Highway Diesel Fuel. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. Eight six six ninety red eyes the phone number eight six six nine zero seven thirty three thirty nine. People reacting to the Donald Trump story. It's always interesting when Donald Trump comes up on talk radio these days. And I've mentioned this during my morning show in Nashville, Tennessee, on Super Talk ninety nine seven WTN. And what happens is, anytime you mention Donald Trump, you get one of two reactions. Really, you get some people that roll their eyes and like it's like, oh, not this guy again. Or you get the very impassioned uh, people that defend Donald Trump and, and they'll defend anything that the guy does. Then you have the third person. You've got the anti-Trumpers. You've got the always Trumpers or forever Trumpers. And then you've got someone like me who 
I'm all about, as I mentioned in the previous segment, I just want somebody who is going to win. And at least to me, the Republicans that I know, that is where most Republicans and conservatives that I know are. And so I guess one of the questions, if I was going to be a talk show hosty kind of question kind of guy, what I would ask is if Donald Trump ended up going and starting a third party like he is sort of intimating uh, in this post, would you follow him? And would there be any kind of a, a difference between whatever he's going to do and what the Republican Party is going to do? I will tell you that would just simply hand the White House to the Democrats yet again. Phone lines are open. 1-866-907-3339. 866-90-RED-EYE. Now, for Gary McNamara and Eric Harley, here is Dan Mandis. Appreciate you listening and want to say hello to Mike calling from Ohio on Red Eye Radio. Hello, Mike. How are you doing? I'm good. <clears throat> so Th- I, uh, This is the part where you talk. I, I just- I know. I, I'm, uh, I called in because I heard um, uh, this on the radio about Stephen Tyler this morning, and it's first I've heard of it, obviously. And I'm just, uh, this was 50 years ago. The parents signed this girl over, which is beyond my comprehension, because I raised four girls. I still am raising a 15-year-old, and I would never do something like that. So this is on the parents. This is, uh, they they saw a ticket for their daughter, I think, and and all that happened. But the, my point is the the stuff that's going on today and the kids that are going to school that are have books in the library that are teaching our kids about, uh, you know, homosexual oh, tendencies and, yep. and trans tendencies and, 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 and all the, all the, the grooming that's going on. And I hate using that word, but it really is. Well, Mike, unfortunately, unfortunately, grooming is a real thing and it is really happening. Uh, and you are right. There's a lot of stuff going on out there today that our kids, our 16 year olds today are really having to contend with. You are absolutely right. Yeah. And this was back in the 70s. And this lady and my I'm 50 years old. This lady's got to be, what, 66, 67 years old. I mean, she's suing, and this is going to be big news when we have so many problems in the world today, and especially in America going on right now, mm-hmm. with our children and how we have to watch every day what our schools are teaching them. And, 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 and I, in my opinion, are being raised as sexual deviants. Who knows what's going to happen in, right. uh, you know, in, in another 10 years or 12 years when these kids are growing up. And I just think this is a non-issue. I don't think it needs to be news. If it's if he's getting sued, then let him get sued. But we have so many other important issues going on right now. I yeah. just think it's ridiculous. They should be talking about the things that our kids are going through right now, not 50 years ago. I, well, I don't know if you heard, Mike. I appreciate uh, the call. I don't know if you heard about or if you heard about uh, the segments that I did earlier in the program talking about you know, the drag shows that are going on across the country and a lot of these other things that I talked about. 
And you are right. There is a ton of stuff that uh, is going on. Our, our kids, as a matter of fact, the, the first hour of the of the program today, if you uh, missed it, you should go back and listen to the podcast. It's at RedEyeRadioShow.com. We talked about all of the things that are that our kids are facing today as far as negative influences go. And, you know, the least of which is, of course, we're talking about Andrew Tate at the time. But I mean, there's everywhere you turn. There are things that are that are threatening our kids as far as you talk about the drag shows. You can talk about all of the other negative influences on social media. You can talk about what's going on in the music. You can talk about what's going on on social media, online, the the grooming that's going on, what's happening in the schools with a lot of the um, a lot of the progressive agenda that's going on, the 1619 project being being taught in schools. I mean, all of these things are threats to our children. So you are right when when you say, Mike, that when you focus on you know, a Steven Tyler thing that's going on, I have to talk about it because, frankly, uh, it, it's a talk show, and this is some something that people will be discussing today. But when you compare what she was going through in the 70s as far as what the uh, threats to our kids were back then as opposed to what it is now, again, everywhere you turn, there is another threat. And sadly... These days, you know, the the woman's parents signed her over to Steven Tyler. These days, you have parents fighting tooth and nail to and conservative parents trying to protect their kids tooth and nail, fight everything that these kids and our kids are facing today. And and we have parents that are demonized and called all kinds of names just for trying to protect their kids. And unfortunately, that's going to be a big part of the conversation in 2023. Certainly, that conversation is going to happen here on Red Eye Radio. Uh, Mary is in Myrtle Beach on Red Eye. Hey, Mary, how are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. Go ahead. I um I have a certain opinion about it i mean it can go in many different directions but i was an 80s girl and um you know at the age of 16 we're we were making our own decisions about sex drugs and rock and roll and um you know i i don't know the whole situation and what happened in that with steven tyler and uh, this girl being in a relationship with him but it it sounds uh, very consensual as far as um, what was going on. And, you know, to come back this many years later and make him pay for your regrets, I just, I don't agree with that. I believe there should be a statute of limitations and, um, you know, within a, a reasonable amount of time, yeah, and and, it, and, and I, I will say I, I will say this, Mary, and I appreciate the call. I will say this that one of the big questions would be, okay, so what is a reasonable amount of time? Because as I mentioned earlier in the program, this may happen a lot more as these guys one get older, but also as the Me Too movement becomes obviously more powerful than it already is, which it is incredibly powerful right now. There's going to be a lot more rock stars, in my opinion, there may be a lot more uh, all of these of these older rock stars who were involved with younger women that that behavior may come home to roost. Uh, very quickly, Tom is in Illinois on Red Eye Radio. Go ahead, Tom. Hi. Hey, I think Trump could have a chance of winning as a third party. 
depending on who the Republican candidate ends up being. If it's a Mitt Romney, Trump has a good chance. If it's a DeSantis, the Democrat would probably win. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see what happens, Tom, because there there is so much that can happen between now and then. You don't know what Trump is going to do, most certainly. Uh, you also don't know what's going to happen with Joe Biden. You don't know what's going to happen with, uh, you know, Gavin Newsom, who may end up running for president if uh, Joe Biden doesn't. There's just there's so many different things that um, could happen. That's almost why I, I hate talking about what's going to happen in 2020, uh, 2024, because anything can happen with Donald Trump. I think that we all know that. Appreciate the call. Adrian is uh, calling on the line in Virginia. Go ahead, Adrian. Hey, bud. You asked me to call back yesterday about this immigration thing. I didn't know if that was something you wanted to feed on still, but um, I was calling yesterday to tell you about this battle that we're having with the illegal immigration. And um, my, yes, my point Adrian, Adrian, yesterday... if, hey, Adrian, if I may, let, let me reset very quickly because we don't have a lot of time, but I want to get to the yes, core sir. of what you and I spoke about yesterday. So yesterday, yes, you and I had a conversation, and the, the topic was illegal immigration. So your point was that the Republican Party needs to do something to attract the vote of if I remember correctly, of illegal immigrants in this country. And I don't know if we ex- we wanted to extend that conversation to um, to Hispanics, generally speaking. But what we saw in Florida was that uh, Ron DeSantis was able to bring Hispanics over to the Republican side of the aisle. All right, go ahead. Yeah, no, so my, exactly right. So my point about this is I grew up watching this all my life, and I, I don't think there's a president, I don't care if it's President Trump, Biden, Obama, Clinton, no one's going to go round up all these people. It would be bad PR, it would be bad on everything. I, I don't think anything has, has the kahunas to do that. So my point is, is saying, it's a Democrat, as a Latino, I listen to Latin music, I listen to Spanish music and such, old music, and even in Pandora, I heard them advertising in, in Spanish to, to Latinos. I never heard Republicans advertising. So... We need to find a, a way. Uh, I know it's not going to be uh, everybody's going to be on board on this, but but find a way, a pathway, because by by Democrats just giving them, giving them, giving them, they're going to win that battle. But if we can find a solution, like a pathway, let's just say I'm just throw some some bullet points that I have a whole book on this that I've really tried to talk to congressmen about this. Um, I take this serious. Um, you know, have them within a year learn how to speak English. Have them within those three years maintain a job, a residence. Keep them in track and line to 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 gain the citizenship because if we don't do something, and I'm not saying I'm right or wrong, but what I'm saying is we don't start attracting these folks. All they're going to know is Democrats help, Republicans don't. Republicans want to send us back, Democrats don't. And we don't find a way to get our foot in the door and say, okay, look, this we we concede, we're not going to win this. It, 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 that's not that's a pride thing there, I think. Right. But if we can find a way to say, hey. Look, Mr. Mr. Immigrant, I don't care if you're from Africa, Mexico, whatever. If you if you come in, you're here. You're being you're 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 law-abiding. You know, undocumented. You're working. You have a home. You're taking care of your children. You're doing the right thing. Then we'll find a way to get you in. Because I'm telling you, Dan, I live in the community. My mother lives in the community. We're going to lose. We're, if, the, if the Democrats get these people to get citizenship and, and able to vote, we are going to get destroyed and we're never going to be able to go back. And, and so, we need to get our ear in a congressman. 
And what's interesting, uh, Adrian, so what you're describing is a pathway to citizenship, which, if I remember right, Trump actually offered some semblance of a pathway to citizenship. Right, right. So he did. you end up with then this big divide within the Republican Party, which is, OK, do you offer this pathway to citizenship? Also, you have these debates going on in states where, OK, should an illegal immigrant get in-state tuition for college? So there's that aspect of the conversation as well. I think you bring up a great point, you know, where you you have these folks that come into this country and they live underground. And so what you're proposing as a guy who is in this community, understands this community far more than I would, you say, let's give them a pathway, quote unquote, to citizenship. But really what it is, is a pathway to becoming a productive member of society. One of the things that I've said in the past is, and I don't have enough time to get into all the nuances right now, but one of the things that I've said in the past is, okay, so there's no way that anybody is going to want to deport all of these people who are here illegally, but as you said, Adrian, they are, you know, productive members of society in the fact that they're working, they may be working under the table, but uh, they're, you know, they're not reaching their full potential because they're not legal. So what you're right. saying, yeah, what you're saying and what I've said in the past is, OK, well, then maybe what we do need is to figure out a way to make them productive members of society so that at the very least we get more, you know, taxpayer dollars out of them. And, you know, they're they're able to become more productive members of society. But see, that's where the huge divide is within the Republican Party, because if you if you start even going down that road, you're called a rhino. You're called a Democrat. You are absolutely vilified. So that's where the that's where the the, the huge uh, separation is within the Republican Party. And Adrian, I've got like 60 seconds. I'll give you the last word. But what do you, what do you I mean, those are the challenges. Look, look, you, you, you're absolutely right. This, this will definitely put the party in, in the corner where we're going to have to decide. But but again, uh, we have to figure out a way how to do it. If I, like I said, if you're, you made some valid points, and President Trump did do that, and he tried to find a way. But of course, it's not about being a rhino. See, what we're thinking, we're thinking tomorrow. We're, I'm thinking ten years from now. I'm thinking five years from now because we're already seeing what's happening. We already see what's going on. So again, I mean, that's all. That's all I got, man. I appreciate you getting back on this point and, and i hope people kind of maybe op- open the door open the light and kind of see maybe we've got to concede on this and, and, and find a different way because if we're not god guess what we're, we're going to be the minorities for forever <laughs> all right th- thank you very much adrian i appreciate it and and listen people have have said many times look at what the hispanic community stands for you know oftentimes they, they're pro-life they're pro-family hard-working all things that are tenets of conservatism. Dan Mandis here. This is Red Eye Radio. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. Red Eye Radio, 86690 Red Eye, 86690733. Very excited that Gary and Eric, they will be back Monday night, Tuesday morning. 
and uh, the triumphant return of Gary and Eric here to Red Eye Radio. Looking forward to their return. My name is Dan Mandis. You can find out more about me on the Dan Mandis Show Facebook page, Instagram, and Twitter as well. I host a morning show in Nashville, Tennessee. Check it out, won't you? 997WTN.com. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra? driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? Can <laughs> you pay me more? Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> Those Weekend Golf Guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Do we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.